0: Deep in the heart of Central Texas is the best of the outdoors podcast. Brought to you by Texas Fishing Game magazine, the voice of the Texas Outdoor Nation. I'm your humble host, Dustin Von Warnke, Associate Publisher here at Texas Fishing Game, among a lot of other roles that I play in the outdoor industry. So excited that you've taken the opportunity to download our show. Streaming online, however you're listening, thank you so much for doing so. Thank you for telling a friend. Thank you for giving us a five-star rating on iTunes or whatever platform you found this on. And thank you so much again for tuning in and checking out our content. So, been wanting to have a show like this for a while. Number one, I have not had a in-studio guest in probably over a year. And what I was going to do is uh, interview somebody local here in Texas, uh, you know, in my neck of the woods here in central Texas, the hill country where I live. Um, and basically then Mike Wenzel, who's the host of the wild hog podcast messaged me on Facebook, him and our buddies. And I listen to his podcast quite a bit. And, um, he basically was like, Hey, can I come meet you in Texas? And I'm like, yeah, sure. He was looking to come down here and possibly relocate down to Dallas or Austin or, or, you know, someplace like that. And uh in our neck of the woods and of course i as a gracious host i would i I always love to have but i said while you're here only one requirement you got to do a podcast with your buddy dustin and so we sat down and did a little in studio thing here in my home office in uh, leander texas and um basically just kind of uh talked about the wild hog stuff shot the breeze about um the wild hog epidemic that we have today and the situation of um, trapping or hunting or uh, whatever the case may be, you know, poisoning in some cases, which some people have brought to uh, to fruition, which is something as hunters are pretty much against, kind of in unity in some regard, but it's a very controversial issue. And uh, that's what I like about doing this podcast, is because I'm not afraid to cover the controversial issues, I just don't want to get into a shooting match over it, you know, and I could use another term for that, but... I just don't want to get into a war, you know, of, of people that are it or against it. And I'm going to release this podcast as well on uh, the Texas Hog Hunters Association's Facebook page. And I love you guys all, Scott Dover and the whole crew over there, great guys. Um, they are one of the ones that are looking to do advocation for, I guess advocation is the right word, they're advocates for solving things in a natural way and not necessarily solving things with poison and they fought the warfarin thing big time they fought the um the you know the, the the main poisoning debate and how that could have a half-life on other environmental species and uh and the bad things that could happen from the warfarin uh poisoning and now that that's gone away uh, sodium nitrates come along um is a poisoning alternative and and just you know you listen to a lot of anti-hunters and anti-animal uh, you know a- animal activists, if you will, that talk about sterilization and stuff. And man, I mean, it, there are no easy answers here, guys. And so I just wanted to have a, a nice discussion about this and bring something to fruition that is uh, definitely a big problem in Texas and beyond uh all over the south and uh starting to creep up north and areas that did not have any feral hog issues uh have feral hog issues now and we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars of crop damage and other kind of issues there and um I'm trying to do my part. I'm in the process of trapping some hogs right now on the property that I deer hunt on, uh, by a cemetery close to where I live, about 30 minutes away from where I live. So I've got a game camp set up there, and I'm gonna got a trap that I just set out had set out there today with my friend and uh i'm i'm gonna start trying to trap some and kind of uh eliminate some some hogs that way free range and then obviously there's high fence hunting ranches that that have hogs that you know are in an enclosed area that are patterned feeders that you can obviously go shoot and get you some meat that way uh just a ton of different ways there are farmers that <clears throat> that pay to have you know them eradicated there are uh hunting ranches and stuff like that that pay to um, you know, that that you pay to go hunt, and there's a whole debate on that, you know, if, uh, well, if the hogs are such a problem, why are people charging to go hunt them? And that's a whole nother debate. So, you know, before I get it too far off in the weeds, I wanted to let you guys know I just came back from a fishing trip. This is the week before this podcast releases. It's Thursday evening that I'm recording this. And this podcast typically releases on Thursday, so it'll be the next Thursday that you hear this on. But I uh, just came back from uh, my buddy Larry Thompson with the Crosswater Outfitters and Legacy Outfitters to uh, Men's Ministries. Uh, Christian men's ministries that we're a part of. And um, I'm part of Crosswaters, not Legacy, but I have spoken to the legacy events quite a bit. Um and basically uh he took us out on a white bass and hybrid striper uh fishing adventure this afternoon and uh, we gave it to the old college try. We caught I think seven fish all together um jigging slabs and uh just knocking it out of the park on doing some uh, some good uh you know uh you know fishing work as far as uh you know live bait for hybrids and then a jigging slabs for whites and really had a good time so that's just what i've been up to in the outdoors lately and then my little hog trapping adventure uh that i'm working on right now got so two cellular game cameras going right now and uh kind of monitoring some trap areas and uh just having a lot of fun in the outdoors man it's summer it's hot try to get outdoors you know and the the, the heat before or after the heat of the day, uh, I'm writing an article for the August issue about uh, hunting with um, or fishing or doing any kind of outdoor activity and avoiding heat stroke or heat stress. And that's another important thing that i think needs to be discussed because i learned in researching this article that i have for the august issue of the print and digital texas fishing game magazine about things to avoid things to look for in a person that may be experiencing heat stress or heat stroke and um, some precautions to take as well as some maneuvers and um, actions to take if you see that in a person and uh, what to do if you do see that in a person so anyway Good information there. If you've not done so already, subscribe to Texas Fishing Game Magazine. It is uh, low cost. It's about 20 bucks a year. You get the digital edition. You get the um, print edition mailed to your home or office. And you get our newsletters if you sign up at fishgame.com three days a week, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And i uh, got a lot of great information for you guys there. I'd love to have you guys as readers if you're the first time hearing this show or uh, if you are interested in uh, learning more about Texas Outdoors and beyond um... We really have a great magazine. I think you'll really like it if you subscribe and read a few issues. So anyway, without further ado, I know I'm kind of dragging it on here, but um, I love you guys. I just want to thank you guys so much again for listening. If this is your first time, just hang on. <laughs> it'll it'll get better, I promise. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it, this is really just, this is a, a fun, therapeutic way for me to express my creative abilities in the uh, outdoor realm. And uh, we talk about hope, inspiration, the outdoor lifestyle, everything that encompasses time texas outdoors and beyond and uh, i just really want to thank you guys so much for tuning in so here is my interview with mr mike wenzel in my home studio here we go join me in the studio mr mike wenzel from can i say the wild hog podcast yep it's a little bit of a siesta right now but that's okay right yep i haven't had an in-studio guest in i don't know how long i mean it's probably been over a year so thanks for coming in and joining yeah
1: thanks for having me i'm um, i'm actually looking for looking really seriously into moving down here to texas from indiana and i miss i miss hunting a lot and i think texas is one of the best states to go hunting in so i've I really i really love central texas and all over and i it's i'm just looking forward to coming back but thanks for having me again
0: sure uh and this is your first time on the best of the outdoors podcast so welcome um and and you hunted down here for a number of years when you were stationed at Fort Hood. Give us a little bit of background there.
1: Okay. Well, I was I actually started my hunting experience after my second tour from Iraq, and I got I got into deer hunting, and I was uh, I was so impressed. I, I loved deer uh, to go um, hunting after that, and then I had an interest in the hog. How hogs were, were uh, destroying a lot of the land out in Texas and why they were. Reproducing so fast, and, and uh, how you and it's open season. So I decided to just um, go out on a hog hunt with a guide one time, and this was in Burnet, Texas. And he actually uh, had me on a stand, uh, but I first night I was out, I could I didn't get anything. This was at night, but then on the second night, I was sitting on top of this uh, stand, and I got my first hog at night, and that was a pretty interesting experience. Uh, the only thing I would uh, advise is if a landowner wants us wants you to take only a boar do not do do not I would not do I would not do that because then you I I just took my first shot at the first hog with my light like a normal and person would Yeah yeah <laughs> I would not and after that the landowner did not want me would only let me hunt varmints so Right So learning experience please do not um if, do not hunt hogs like that. Uh, I would either don't do, don't do it if you right. want to avoid that. So that's, that's my that would probably be my lesson that I would give to you.
0: Right. No, that's good. I mean, it's uh, you know we just think in Texas we're so overrun with hogs. I mean, it's one of those things that you you know everyone you kill like four show up to their funeral. You know, yeah. I mean, or more. Yeah. Uh, every sounder can can uh, can start reproducing at six months. You know, it can reproduce twice a year for the most part. I mean. You know, hogs are just an interesting. And I right now I have I showed you some game cam pictures the other day. I've got six coming in, four shoats and two probably a boar and a sow, maybe two sows. But it was it was uh, four six hogs altogether and um, free range. I just can't pattern when they're going to come, so I think I'm going to go trap them yeah. and uh, and do that. But the thing about I've enjoyed about your show when uh when you were doing it was was the fact that the wild hog podcast was all about the biology the conservation why we should shoot ho- hogs why we should you know conserve other wildlife by harvesting hogs but also um your 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 thing about eating the meat you know right. because there are a lot of people in texas that just shoot hogs and let the meat go to mm-hmm. waste but it's delicious meat yeah and it's just something that i think that should be you know uh, talked about more as mm-hmm. far as other things now you and i've talked before we started recording about the um the uh you know the hog poisoning debate which mm-hmm. was a couple of years ago. i didn't cover that that much on the podcast i did i think a show on it once and then uh then it was kind of kind of went by the wayside but you know i mean what do we do i mean i've heard a lot of people say about the wild hog population problem we can't barbecue our way out of the situation
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> i think it's too late i I think Texas might be blessed and and might be cursed, but yeah. I mean if if there's a shortage of pork, there's always hogs to hunt in Texas. So there, um, I would. Uh, I also wanted to um, add that um, you have to be careful about the meat. Um, if it, I saw that in an article where there's if there's green stuff on it, that might mean the meat is diseased okay so i haven't I'm heard sh-
0: that before but that's good to know
1: but yeah there's articles that talk about how you have to carefully inspect the meat if you're going to butcher it so you don't get poisoned right. i heard about in new zealand a family got poisoned from a, from boars that were sniffing around some poisoned areas and they can right go around anything
0: and it taints their meat in other yes. words then right yeah okay. so
1: you got to be careful of what you eat also
0: Kind of like if a coyote eats a hog, you don't really mm-hmm. want to eat that hog because right. it may have, you know, coyote right. issues. Yeah. Uh, and that's the thing, you know, that, that the warfarin deal was about poisoning hogs with the blue stuff and it turns the meat blue. Mm-hmm. And I could just imagine somebody harvesting a hog, not knowing that, taking it to a family that didn't know any better. And then, I, of course, most people wouldn't eat blue meat. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong there. But the half life of warfarin the half-life of poison that you would poison the hogs that's my main concern is the environmental impact and mm-hmm. chester moore editor-in-chief of the magazine was saying the same thing about you know the the half-life of whatever you eats whatever dies and then whatever eats whatever that kills and then whatever eats whatever that kills i mm-hmm. mean it's a whole it's it's a it's a pandora's box in other words
1: you're right right yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Like hogs will eat almost anything. And uh, yeah, I, it's very – yeah, you almost have to really study and make sure that the meat that you're going to be eating from a wild boar is exactly safe. And and it's cooked it's, all the way too. That's very yeah. important as well. Mm-hmm.
0: Now commercial pork, a lot of people don't know this, but commercial pork, you technically, because they've killed all the trichinosis and brasiliosis and all that other stuff out of it – they've they've killed all that stuff and and basically they have what's left is you can actually eat pork a little undercooked Not mm-hmm. i'm not talking about rare i'm just talking about a little rosy or a little 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 red uh or a little pink uh in the middle but you know feral hogs you know most of us smoke it or grind it or do whatever with it and uh the meat you know you want to make sure you cook all the way because of the the brasiliosis trichinosis and that kind of stuff that you mm-hmm. can contract. But I mean, the same thing on the other side of things is that, you know, it's, it's a great protein source. It's mm-hmm. lean. Mm-hmm. It's good meat. And you know that as well as I do. But the other side is, you know, we could probably, this is my joke all the time, this is awful to say, but we could probably solve world hunger with our feral hog problem. Mm-hmm but mm-hmm. the muslim and jews can't eat pork
1: right right yeah <laughs> Isn't that ironic? They're, they're, they're they're they consider it unclean like i yeah. was in the middle east in iraq and yeah, i, I actually saw, saw a herd of wild boar running around in iraq off in the distance and <laughs> that's hilarious i think they were only good for um killing isis militants from my <laughs> point of view but i don't know if you've heard that story or not i have uh, but yeah they're um but I've I've heard about stories that uh, these wild boar are carrying around African swine flu, which is decimating pork populations in yes. China and Asia and Africa, and and it's incurable for hogs. It's not, it's not it's harmless to humans, but it's decimating uh, domestic pork populations, and they're, and they're trying to figure out, and they're actually trying to build fences in Denmark to keep the wild boar out uh, from Germany, really? and and they could possibly swim across this ford and get into denmark it's going to be interesting i'm going to i'm i'm definitely watching up on that and um yeah but these um but yeah these pigs they can they can um i think that from what i even read an article in missouri about how they are the most sustainable prolific animal in the world that they can they can even uh, breed in, in in the winter of january right and nothing will stop them from reproducing but, wow. yeah, it's um, it's pretty amazing, like, like what these hogs can do. And it's up in Canada as well. They're having a tough time with trying to manage their, their wild boar populations right. in Canada, which is exploding, like in
0: Texas. Like everywhere else. And, I mean, the thing is, I mean, the reason why I wanted to have you on is because you have such a, a depth of knowledge of news stories and stuff that you've read over the years that you bring to your podcast, guests you've had on, all kinds of different situations that you have going on. That basically are all about the issue of of, of, of wild hogs and how mm-hmm. how prolific they are. My whole joke is that there's three things that would survive a nuclear apocalypse, and that would be feral hogs, fire ants, mm-hmm. and cockroaches.
1: They actually um, in Fukushima, Japan, where that nuclear disaster was, they were um, actually coming down from the mountains and reproducing <laughs> like crazy, and they're called radioactive radioactive hogs. feral hogs. You're right, <laughs> and they can't, and the Japanese are trying to. I uh, get hunters to hunt them, but, and, and they're just spreading like crazy in that part of Japan. <laughs> so they're having these radioactive hogs running around.
0: <laughs> you can't eat it's, that meat. Yeah. That's right. True. Right. So, I mean, you know, it's just one of those things that radioactive hogs. Yeah. I didn't think we'd be talking you about You could probably this search show. it this
1: online and find articles on them. Yeah. I'm yeah. not joking. No,
0: I'm not. No, you're not. This is all real stuff. And that's the thing I like about your show is because it, it's, it's real. It's, it's, uh, it's relatable, Because it's all kinds of stories and stuff about why wild hogs need to be controlled. Mm -hmm. But what's the solution, Mike? I mean, is there a solution? Is there a hand grenade that you throw from a helicopter? I mean, I, I seriously don't know. Well, I mean, anything is just about legal for harvest these days.
1: Well, obviously in Texas you can hunt helicopter. Yeah, helicopter hogs.
0: Hog. So I mean, but I was I was telling you before we started recording the Todd Huey Lone Star Boars, and I wanted to bring up his YouTube channel. He's also on Carbon TV and a bunch of other places. But he uh, he's a former law enforcement guy. Just just stopped. Just went to YouTube full time and doing the hog hunting full time. But he hunts with night vision and suppressors and has silencer shop and all kinds of other sponsors of our shows that have been on, um, that have been on our show that, that he has basically doing on his, uh, on his show, uh, on his, uh, his, uh, YouTube channel. And basically his whole deal is one of the things they do is go out there and shoot hogs off of a UTV, a, a side-by-side UTV, rolling through there and keeping up with the hogs running hmm. beside them and shooting them. Yeah, and he was playing the flight of the bumblebee in the background. He's got a video on YouTube about this, and I, I'm just like, that was efficient. He was going with some grou- a group of guys, I think out of Lubbock, that were basically harvesting these on on cornfields and stuff like that, where they yeah. were eating. Uh, you talk about efficient. It's like a helicopter on the ground.
1: Oh yeah, I would love to experience that type of hunt. Oh. I, when I when I if I when I plan on moving down here, I would love to connect with people who actually do that and. Yeah, just yes.
0: do that kind of eradication. That's not even hunting at that point. And that's one thing Todd says in the beginning of all of his videos. This is not hunting. This is eradication. Mm-hmm. We have a problem here. Mm-hmm. And if we don't take care of the problem, and a lot of times the meat goes to dog food companies. All it right. goes to people that, mm-hmm. you know, but his, his other joke is that, you know, you know there nothing ever really goes to waste in nature. And mm-hmm. technically it doesn't because, you know, you've got uh, – You've got other things that are um, that are that are going to eat that hog, but the thing when you get to the poisoning idea is is you know um, is is what to do about the situation when you have hogs that are that you know poisoning them. If you mm-hmm. it, you've got half life, you've got all the stuff I talked about earlier. But then you don't know, you know. You can't you can't do anything with them after that. And mm-hmm. in the, in the nature that eats them is is going to, to be poisoned too. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: I don't think poisoning's the solution. But I, I think at the same time maybe what Oklahoma's doing right now is mm-hmm. a bounty. Like they're doing they're doing a thing where you if you if you uh, well I'm not sure exactly what they're doing. But basically, one of the things that they propose doing in Texas and Oklahoma and all surrounding states, you know, around here is basically doing a bounty. Or some mm-hmm. kind of a, a thing where you turn in a hogtail or something mm-hmm. and get something. I mean, we've talked about that as a solution in Texas, but I don't even know. I mean, I think if you if you get a trap or mm-hmm. something on your lands, so you could trap and kill them. Um, I just think there's better ways than poison. That's my whole point. Yeah. And it's a whole debate, and I don't want to get in a whole you know thing with it, but. Uh, especially with the listeners to the show, but I mean, I, I think overall, I mean, I, I think we can unify in doing something together to manage the mm-hmm. problem.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that they're studying ways and they're tri- when they're trying to test the sodium nitrites yes. on the hogs yes, and they're exactly trying to that. determine how that might impact the environment, that might be an effective tool. I just love the fact that we can hunt hogs all year round, anytime during the night. Yep. Um, unlike in other states, where you, if you want you can only hunt during certain times of the year for, for deer in the fall. But right. um, in Texas and mostly in the South, it's a great opportunity to practice your hunting skills um, all year round on uh, on feral hogs and just sharpen it up sharpen up those skills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, I mean, it's a great pastime in the summer to mm-hmm. come out there and do I mean and do do feral hog you know eradication or hunting or whatever you want to call it basically you know it's it's great target practice I mean a lot mm-hmm. of guys you know the, the problem I have with some hunters though is that a lot of times they do you know this whole this whole thought that I'm gonna just test out my gun on a hog and I'm like a hog's a worthy target in and of itself mm-hmm. Don't just test out and make a bad shot. You know, an animal's yeah. still an animal, and you want to pay that respect and do those ethics and that kind of stuff. But don't make it a big deal about you know, you know about I'm just going to go test out my gun and make sure it's on for deer season by killing a yeah. hog. And I guess there's two sides to that because some people mm-hmm. say, well, they need to be eradicated, so kill them any way you can. But the other side of that is pay some respect to that animal too, because right. it's still an animal.
1: Yeah, you got to have a proper uh, firearm and bullet just to take down. Uh, Hogs, I believe, because they got these built-in shields in the front, and uh, from what I've heard, they some of them have actually gotten up from being after being shot because they're hot, they're fat, their their fat somehow clogs up their bullet wound, and they can come out and they can. But yeah, you need precise um, firearms for those kind of animals, and but yeah, it's it's still a good uh, they're still good target animals to practice on for upcoming uh, deer season or whatever game that you're going to be hunting right
0: you talk about that a lot in your show and i think it's just very important to to consider the fact that all the all the things you can do to eradicate the hogs still may not make a dent in the population i mean mm-hmm. i don't know what the answer is but the billions and millions of dollars that people you know experience at least the millions of dollars in texas as far as agricultural loss. And everything like that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think... I mean, the thing that companies are coming out with now are these live traps that basically drop a corral trap on on a group of hogs pour, pour a, a bag of corn in the middle. The hogs all come in, feed that one little area, drop a trap. That's efficient. Mm-hmm. And then some of those videos on facebook you ever watch some of those videos of the trap dropping on facebook yeah. and the hogs in the yep. middle and they yeah. all run and start bouncing off the yeah. day fences they're and all trapped and, in <laughs> it's hilarious.
1: yeah i keep uh um, i've listened to i've watched in the i'm sorry i read an article on where in missouri they are you can't uh you can't hug hogs on public land um but they <laughs> trap them and they there's there's some landowners that are contesting that they're saying that even though they claim that they're doing a great job of uh, trapping large numbers of hogs, some of these landowners are saying they're not seeing that. They're, they're really exploding in some areas. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there's going to be – there might not be an easy solution for this hog, hog problem if that's going to be growing. But, it, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I think it would be – I think more people should get into hunting – and it's, there's been research and books out there that proven that hunting actually benefits the environment, but yeah, hog hunting, it's, it's, it's variable because hogs right. are smartest, one of the smartest animals and they can breed like crazy, like mice. Yeah, and like rabbits, like yeah. kittens.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they reproduce like crazy. And, and I've talked about that before too. I've talked about that with Axis. I've talked about that with that mm-hmm. our exotics that we have here that reproduce like, like, uh, like, uh, kittens and, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. It's to the point of you know nobody complains about well a lot some people complain about the the world of axis deer and how they're displacing whitetail and other mm-hmm. native game javelinas that kind yeah. of stuff how feral hogs are displacing javelinas that kind of stuff. But the same thing is you know I I think that you know hunting them and at least enjoying the outdoors with family and doing things like that that are important around things that are. Um, that are beneficial to us as humans and to the environment, it's kind of like bow fishing we talked about in the last episode. Getting those animals, or getting those animals, getting those the the carp and the, and the buffalo and that kind of stuff that's sucking up all the bass eggs is good for the habitat overall. Mm-hmm. But some people still say, oh, but you're shooting fish. What if you shoot the wrong fish? And I'm just kind of like, yeah, but it's for the greater good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not just for... You know, I'm just going to go out and shoot whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got to identify the fish and that kind of stuff. And and so anyway, I don't know where I'm going with that, but there you go.
1: (laughs) Going into fishing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, my, my point, my point really is, you know, that it's for the greater good. Right. And hunting of any kind, however you do hunting for wild hogs is for the greater good of the environment. Mm hmm. And just like bow fishing is for you know invasive species, you know hogs are definitely an invasive species. Right. And it goes without saying that you know Chester Moore, our editor in chief, has talked about this on his his uh, articles before. Has written about this on his articles. He calls it the Texas Hog Sanctuary, which are places like the National Forest and places like that that you can't hunt hogs at night.
1: Right. I was actually um, re- on the Missouri article I read that yeah. there's part of the year during deer season where hogs are not hunted or somehow not allowed to be hunted right. on these refugee- refugees, and it gives them time to breed and reproduce. <laughs> Tell and so me how, how that
0: makes sense. <laughs>
1: and now it's, and so that's how they're possibly spreading around in some parts of Missouri where you can't hunt them right. or you're, they're off limits, but they're given time to breed. So if you're going out to hunt them, to pre, to, or to prevent them from breeding or spreading around, that might be a reason why we should hunt them. Yeah, in, in I mean, to,
0: otherwise it's just like, that's why I was bringing up that point with Chester's article, because you have made the point earlier about not being able to hunt them during certain times. Right. And if we want to get rid of the situation, if we want to get rid of the problem, or not really get rid of it, but manage it. And I think it's said that you've got to take a third of the population out of yes. the gene pool to manage it even they keep it from stop it from growing well that's not even happening
1: yes i think it's 70 percent of the population yeah,
0: yeah it's crazy like to really get it down yeah but i mean it, and it's it's i i related to access deer i i just got a text i was telling you about of a guy that has about 100 free range access at a time on his land in Texas, mm-hmm. in part one part of texas they're not going anywhere if anything, they're going to grow in numbers. So we've got to do something to, you know, the only question is what that something is yeah. a lot of times. So I think I think it's just healthy, and that's why I wanted to have you on this show because I think it's healthy to have that discussion about wildlife conservation. And one of the things I've talked about before on this show, and Jackson was the first open entry to this category of the Boars uh, of America record system, B-O-A-R-S. Yep. And that is the system that Chester Morris started about conservation and about wildlife management with scoring hogs that have you know decent sized tubs, especially boars, um, that basically you know go into a record book. And I think something like that. And then also, if you uh, if you right now if you, you get a certificate that you can frame, it's frameable certificate, and you get one or Chester signed copies of his books, Hog Wild, and it's just like a push that I think is healthy. For go out and harvest some hogs. Jackson got his with a knife. It doesn't matter, you know. However, they're harvested. There's a category for them. But I mean, go out and have, you know, a, something like that. You know, maybe have a, a you know, there there are hog dog competitions all the time. Right. Maybe we do, you know, something based on weight. Mm-hmm. You know, for, for, and maybe there is stuff like that now I'm not that keen on it, but there, there's hog hunting competitions going on, but I mean, we need to have a big old barbecue every single weekend, man. And mm-hmm. just, and just stack them up like cordwood, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you
1: know
0: I, I've heard also, I've heard a lot of biologists say you can't barbecue your way out of the situation, but I still think there's, there's very pliable ways that we can use. And, and, and the bore scoring system is the one that I brought up because it is such an awesome system That basically helps eradicate hogs but also give give power to uh you know jackson's ego was huge after he got that certificate he felt so proud i was so proud of him as a dad you know that that he got a hog you know and and that he got recognized for it so i think recognizing harvests like that and recognizing things that are going to be um you know that are going to be beneficial for the environment by also taking hogs out of the environment is good
1: right And there's some areas where you can't set up traps that you're probably going to have to use dogs in order to flush them out to keep them from staying in those areas and breeding. Right. So that's another reason why I I believe hunting would be another viable option in order to control their numbers from spreading around in certain areas. And and I
0: believe, I don't know where Chester got this from, but one of the things he talks about a lot with our... um with our sales meetings that we have with people is hogs has surpassed deer as far as harvest now mm-hmm. people have killed more which is no surprise but i mean the fact that you can hunt them year-round you can hunt them during night there's some states you can't hunt at night at all like you were right. talking about but i mean what what are we stopping people for i mean in other states you know in texas it's it's a it's it's the wild wild west out here with with hogs but uh, not in, in some of the refugee areas, you know, that are off limits for hunters at
1: night. Right. It may If they start to see populations explode, um, we'll see if, if what happens in Missouri. If they're going to, if they really are going to be, explo- if their populations are going to be going down. Yep. Um, but where I am in Indiana, they're starting to see hog populations start to pop up. In certain areas, they're and not going down there, right? I don't think so. they no.
0: they're going. I mean, they're continuing to be prolific. But like yeah. you were saying, prolific animal yep. survivability, uh, feral hogs, goats, and cats are what I understand can be the most that can turn feral and they can survive the best feral. Yep. Feral hogs are the biggest problem because they're so prolific.
1: Yeah, and sows can start breeding six as months. months. Six months. Yeah. Yep. Six mm-hmm. months
0: and twice a year.
1: Yep. Yeah. So it's like an exponential problem that is going to be spreading in the years to come and and it's going to be it's going to be an interesting uh, solution or interesting situation that we're going to be faced with uh but as far as we hunters are are concerned it's it's going to be a, a lot of fun hunting them and oh, for sure and having the barbecue
0: and that's what i love about your podcast is it's all about you know the the let's go out and get them guys you know mm-hmm. that's your call to action with just about every show was let's Cook the meat and you know yeah. have a party. You know, let's yep. let's eradicate because it's a big deal, and that's why I honor you about having a podcast strictly dedicated to hog hunting. And I know you want to kind of get that restarted as far as having it more about hunting and stuff. But I mean, I think it's people like you that I love about what you're doing and what Chester's doing and people like you are doing is that you're advocating for a a problem to be solved,
1: All right? As long, as well as having fun doing it as well, for sure,
0: I, absolutely, and that's part of the deal. But I'm just saying. Not everybody's doing that.
1: Right. And they need to... I think more people need to get educated in um, the benefits of hunting. Because I believe somehow... I think there's some areas where hunting is actually going down. And people are kind of having different views on hunting. Yeah. So we need to get more into uh, educating people about how hunting can be fun. And how it's beneficial to the environment. Right. And, and
0: I mean, I was we were talking before the show started. Um, people that... Believe in, you know, that, that hunting is bad. Let's say anti-hunters are people that are just on the fence. The people that are anti-hunters, I know, probably cannot be swayed this way at all. But but look at a country like, uh, like a continent like Africa. Not really the most prolific place in the world. Right. If it wasn't for hunting, it would be a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Because you feed the villagers with the meat you harvest, the money that's brought into that village, the the the, the conservation as far as the prolific nature of those animals. Uh, if there was no hunting or hunting was not there, everybody would knock down all the fences and kill everything and there'd be nothing left and they'd really starve. Right. You know? I mean, that, that would be a big problem. but. I'm just saying a lot of people don't look at that side of it. They go against SEI and DSC and, and HSC and all these other conservation organizations that are all about, you know, uh, uh, Safari Club International and places like that, that are, that are, that are really looking to, to do anti-poaching legislation and that kind of stuff in, in Africa and, and, those kind of things. Hunting is the reason why there's value on those animals lives. And that's that mm-hmm. way in Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with this, cause this, this happened back when you were around here. Um, Orcs, Dama Gazelle, and Attics. Do you remember this with the exotic world? They were on the no-shoot list. They were on the endangered list in Texas. I don't know if it's the endangered list, but you couldn't hunt them without a permit. Okay? okay. And the thing is, Ted Nugent and other guys came out and basically advocated for, hey, hunting is the reason why these animals have value and why they're prolific in Texas to begin with.
1: Yep, yep
0: hunting is the reason why there's value and i made that point on this show a lot i know a lot of you listeners that are listening to this have heard this before but the thing is i mean that that's the biggest thing that and, and especially when you talk about hunters for the hungry or hunters harvest or places right. like that that are taking the meat i, I talked to a, to a bow hunter the other day that had a program i believe in virginia or west virginia i want to have him on the podcast too and he basically, uh, you know, had a lot of a lot of anti-hunters come out with them because they were in neighborhoods and parks and stuff like that doing urban hunting for deer control. Right. They didn't have hogs as bad, but I'm just making this point. And basically, what what they said was, you know, well, we're looking, we're using the meat to feed people yeah. that, that are needy. You can't really fight against that. Right. So mm-hmm. what I'm trying to do, I know anti-hunters typically don't listen to the show, but for the hunters that do, and for the fishermen and everybody else, all the outdoorsmen, that's the best ammo right there. That's the best medicine right there for people that are against hunting is mm-hmm. how we use the meat. Now, there are some organizations, one of which, which I don't know if you've ever heard of Hogs for a Cause. They were just on the Mike Huckabee Show. And basically, they spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. They spread God's message through feral hogs. They take feral hogs from helicopters that are you know that are helicopter slaughtered, you know, that uh-huh. are shot in the helicopter. Yep. They take it to a professional USDA processor, they process the meat into a little one pound, so their whole thing is spreading the gospel one pound at a time.
1: Oh wow. Yeah.
0: What a great idea. Yeah you know? I absolutely. mean and Dave Hain and and, uh, and and those guys over there just just do a Great, job Christie and the whole the whole gang over there at Hawks for a Cause. I mean, I've written about them in the magazine, but also I think drawing something like that is actually not just part of the solution, but part of the greater good. Right. You know, and that's where I'm going with all this stuff. Like I was saying earlier, it's about the greater good of what you could do for your fellow mm. man.
1: And I think um, hunters are actually they have they contribute more to the environment Absolutely. financially. Absolutely. And some of these other anti-hunters or organizations don't do anything to help out with the environment
0: what's the last thing that an anti-hunting organization has done to benefit you know the uh, look at the hunting license sales look at the um the the taxes that we pay on our hunting gear Yep. i mean all of our hunting gear we buy the the Pittman robinson act i think is what it's called and And all those taxes, excise taxes that are put into, you know, different things. And most of the the, the listeners of the show know that. But there's plenty of of documentation and plenty of of facts out there, I think, that can help us in our case – of, you know, of hunting, you know, for hunting, mm-hmm. period. I think what you brought up is a great idea.
1: Yeah, I uh, I, noticed, I told you earlier about a book called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Hunting, or PIG. I'm going to check had, that out. Oh, it, it it has the a,
0: acronym is PIG. Okay. Yes, I, not, know. I know. I,
1: I, when I saw that, I I was um, amazed. It has, a, it has a drawing of a little pig right on the um, outer edge of the book. <laughs> you and, didn't tell me the acronym earlier. Yes, the acronym. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So if you really want to um, – give out facts as to why hunting benefits the environment then buy that book on you can buy it on ebay or wherever but it's called the politically incorrect guide (laughs) to hunting and you've got you've got all sorts of facts and research that tells why like hunting certain hunting animals actually benefits the environment when and yeah that's your that's that could be a great uh, guide that you can show people that's good yeah
0: That's good. I mean, it's a solid point to make because a lot of people, you know, think poisoning or sterilization you remember the deal with deer sterilization years ago that's what a lot of the anti-hunters want to do is sterilize the deer they're just going to grow more deer i mean you can't sterilize them all yeah what are you going to do put a dart in them and sterilize it so it doesn't reproduce anymore i
1: think uh, it's going to cost a lot more that too yeah it's actually in the politically incorrect guide to hunting book i think they talked about that but Uh why not like shoot the why not go hunt the deer harvest the meat and give it to people, needy need. people who need yeah. it.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I think you know stuff like that. And like hogs for a cause. I know there got to be other organizations in Texas and elsewhere that do hog hunting for ministry or do hog hunting for you know hog eradication for whatever. But I mean, it's 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 so vitally important that we look at ways like that to make it meaningful for mankind. I mean, that's yeah. kind of a really big picture but what hogs for a cause does is basically and i think their website's like hogs, hogsforacause.org i'll put it in the show notes but what what they do is 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 a simple example of you know feeding people and spreading a message yep with right. uh, uh you know with it, and it's it's kind of like the saying I used to say when I hunted hogs a lot back in the day was, "We're we're taking nature's problem and making it into a tasty meal."
1: You yep. know, yep. I mean, yep. so, <laughs> there's nothing like nature's meal. No natural, know, no hormones, no hormones, or any stuff.
0: no any of that stuff. You make sure you cook it right, and you're in good shape. And yep. I mean, I uh, I just it just gets to me, man. I mean, it just gets to me. So I mean, that's the thing that I that I think that people need to realize is that. You know, there, there are other things you can do besides just letting that hog lay. There's places you can, you know, I, I, there need to be more places where you can donate them and stuff like that. That's the one thing I wish hunters for the hungry would do more of. Right. And then, you know, even though I love that organization and support them, um, and you know, hundreds for the hunters harvest and other organizations like that, when I understand do take feral hogs, but I mean, it, it's just a simple thing, but your neighbor, I mean, there's plenty of times that a lot of my friends that are shoot feral hogs, they give to a needy family they know. in their circle of influence you know or whatever the case may be i mean there's there's places you can go with this and um you know i sent you a picture the other day of a feral hog that we got trap caught that i uh split down the middle butterfly style you know uh from from long ways and uh and and got two sides of meat to throw on the grill and uh, you know and and uh, and cook and, and slow cook but i mean it's It's really just about, you know, enjoying the outdoor lifestyle, but also trying to solve a problem or trying to do your part to solve the problem, whatever that is.
1: Yeah, Yeah. from what I've heard in um, China and Asia, this African swine flu, and in Europe, it's decimating your pork population. The price of pork might be going up uh, because of the shortage. Or the shortage of pork because and of that's that. not here though, right? Not that's only here. in
0: that in the African Asian continent, right? I think I believe so. Okay. I'm just uh, curious You know more about that stuff than I do. Yeah. I don't follow the news as close as you do, but that, that's fascinating.
1: Yeah. And so it maybe or might be a big demand for wild boar in the future, like China or, or or some of these other Asian it's the number one protein choice around the world. That's
0: interesting to yeah. know.
1: Yeah, and so if they have a big demand for pork in that part of the world Maybe there might be uh, so maybe trapping them or hunting them to bring live to send them over to that part of yeah. the world where they are where they there's a huge demand for pork. It could be uh, something to look into and why we should be hunting and trapping these hogs and right maybe making an industry out of it or something. It, it's an idea that just <laughs> right. came to my mind. Well, and, and uh,
0: to, to your point, to your point there are buying stations in texas that will take i mean and i think that the, the going rate was really low for a while but as as time's gone on that you can still get some money as a, not a bounty but you can get some money as a as a um you know as a as a as a as, as a, you know, as, a as, as a as a payment for your hog you know right. if you bring it in dead or whatever you bring them in live or whatever and they harvest them they send them off to france and europe and places like that <laughs> France you know, is in Europe, but yeah. uh, and 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 they 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 use it for 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 meat for fancy restaurants. Can yeah. you believe that? Even though they're running around and destroying feral hogs, destroying know?
1: vineyards, and there's <laughs> right. some beaches. Um, right. Yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing I like about having you on the show because you you study all the stuff that's going on in the world. I mainly am Texas centric you know in the u.s century but you're talking about stuff from all over missouri and indiana and all over the world all over the nation and all over the world because i i didn't know it was the number one protein choice in the world yep but if you think about asia has okay china has 1.3 billion we in america have around 350 million india alone has 1 billion people
1: yeah. From what I've heard, China's lost their their pork populations that are is greater than the US pork industry's population. Why well, I, I believe it because of all the people. Yeah, because there's no cure for this African swine flu that's wow. spreading. So
0: I know a lot of listeners may think we need the African swine flu here, but that that, that would be well, that would be
1: bad. Probably too. not. It's gonna farmers would be Pork farmers would be freaking yeah, out because they get spread so yes. much.
0: Yeah, I think it, that's not a good deal at yeah, all. So, so we got to keep that off of off of our uh, off of our soil. But I mean, things like I'm just thinking of solutions that we can use, you know, to uh, to to eradicate, but also to you know to turn that into meat, to turn that into something that's meaningful for people uh, that are in need or elsewhere. Um, you know, because the the first time I feed wild pork to somebody, they're like. Yeah, this tastes just like regular pork. I mean, whatever flavor you want to put on it is fine, but... I mean, there needs to be more wild pork recipe books is what yeah. I think, you yeah. know, as far as <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. And we need, to, we need to not be so standoffish about giving it to, you know, having food banks accept it. Because I know the reason why food banks don't accept wild pork is because of all the issues that they undercook it or whatever. But there's got to be ways around, you know, that, that, that whole cycle as far as them reproducing and everything as fast as they are, that we can control the population somewhat in a natural, I guess, nat- hunting's natural way it is mm-hmm. uh in a natural way yeah that's
1: yeah. my whole point yeah yeah pork is um unlike cow where they only give off one calf per cow every nine months that's so like pork pork it's like females can give off like a litter every many, six months six, and that's six, why it's how many how many in the litter though probably i'd say 10 to 12 oh, i don't know yeah that's it's what not I'm sustainable man yeah well i just I, that's why i think that's they're spreading so quickly, and, and that's why farmers like to use them as the number one protein choice to feed populations like China and, and all over Asia where there's so many people that want protein.
0: Right, that don't have meat or access right. to beef or anything like that. Right. I, I'm just saying, and I'm just going to say this on the show. We take for granted that we yeah. have ample protein sources in this world, right. in this country. OK, the rest of the world doesn't eat a lot of meat uh, traditionally comparatively to I'm not talking about Europe, but I'm talking about mm-hmm. Southeast Asia and stuff like that because it's not as plentiful. Right. Right. And the, the means to get that is not as much. They don't have the money that we have in America. So we take for granted a lot of things in Texas and in other places and I just think we need to open up our eyes and see what the rest of the world is doing and see how we can manage this resource, if you want to call it that, you know, and and uh, and, and keep it but it's been a good conversation. I'm just I'm just trying to think of ideas of, of ways that we can control You know the the population without without poisoning it. You know, I mean, it just it seems like that's the most obvious answer, is to is to to hunt all we can, trap live trap all we can, sell all we can, give away all we can. You know, Um, so there's my (laughs) there's my two cents on that. Yep. But I mean, and I'll I'll have this podcast go in the Texas Hog Hunters Association group on Facebook. Here's the other thing I'm going to tell you, Mike. And I talked about this earlier. Some social media platforms, which may or may not include Facebook, are censoring hunting and live sale animals and um, and 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 trapping and all those things that that have to do with live animals, right? And I'm thinking that that's part of the problem, and not the solution, especially when it comes to advocating for feral hogs. One of the better organizations out there is the Texas Hog Hunters Association. Are you a member? I forgot. Yes, I am. Um, okay, cool. I
1: actually have a sticker on my truck. Good. Good. Yeah.
0: I didn't look at the back of your truck yet. So, um, for that that you know, that's an advocacy organization. Or, uh, advocations even word advocate organization for the, the, uh, the management of this resource and, and, uh, that's getting out of control. And, and it's a camaraderie of guys that really care about the sport. and It's a really good organization. I met Scott Dover, the founder of that, and they were really, really proactive with, uh, the hog poisoning stuff. They they spent money to go to the Capitol Hill and not Capitol Hill, but Texas State the Capitol, State. Austin, and do really you know really a lot of a lot of advocating for not poisoning and then you know doing it more natural ways.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. I if this hog if some of these people who are anti hunters maybe they if they see some of these hogs running around and they, we can't can't take out as much of them away with this trapping and they're going to want possibly once but who knows in the future no who knows
0: yeah absolutely but i'm just saying that it it makes sense that we have you know ways and organizations like that 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 help with the you know with with the eradication but also with the whole mindset of hunting is a helpful thing that helps the, the you know people eat. It helps people uh have fun in the outdoors and do healthy things in the outdoors, okay? Um I, I've said on the show many times, kids that hunt and fish don't steal and deal. You right. know? Uh what I have the problem with is that, you know, some organizations or some okay, I'm gonna say this uh, some social media platforms are banning groups like, uh, you know, a, 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 group on a social media platform, like, uh, Texas is out hunting reloaded that, that, that page got taken down. Uh, it was, uh, 51,000 people, 51,000 hunters, wow. and, you know, I know not every 51,000 is involved, but they had 51,000 people in that group. Hmm. And uh, that's just a small portion of the people that hunted in Texas. But, um, you know, censoring that kind of stuff. And so a lot of people are going to this new platform of MeWe, and I'm on there, and uh, you can find me there. Uh, and you know, but it's 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 one of those things. You know, I do live animal sales, and it's one of the things we don't sell hogs. But I mean, we do exotics and, and other animals like that, uh, access and, and audit and that kind of stuff. And basically, you know, that's starting to go away too. Right. And it's just like, why would you censor something that's healthy for the environment? If you don't understand Because their concern In this social media platform I'm talking about uh, Which I'm not going to mention any names But uh, you know Their concern is the welfare of the animal Which I understand I do understand They're concerned about the welfare of that animal If it's bought, sold, traded Whatever the case may be But what if you rehome or adopt something Which is completely legal now And it's not It's not kosher It's not a good deal It's not a good fit how is that any better than banning live sale?
1: Yeah, that's that's an interesting issue. I don't think I've ever like ever came across that myself.
0: I just don't think it's fair. Yeah, I just don't think it's fair at all. Because at the same time, I mean, you have the you have the side of people that are that are wanting the welfare of the animal, which I care about animals. You see my yes. animals here yep. at the house. Okay, I love animals, but at the same time, I mean, you know, it's for the greater good of commerce of people needing to stock their ranch okay or yep. people needing to 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 populate an area or whatever the case may be because there's some people that buy the exotics for low fence, which is a whole nother debate but i mean you know don't discriminate which is what's happening right. against people that are just trying to to do their thing and make a living
1: yeah yeah
0: there's nothing i mean if, if it's look look mike if it's bad if it is a negative thing then that person needs to be, you know, arrested or whatever for doing that per- that thing or whatever. To that, that's going to be bad for the environment or bad for whatever. There, there's there's animal abuse laws and all kinds yeah. of different things like that. And there there are people that I that are that I've been you know not close to, but I've I've associated with in the past that get in trouble for livestock, you know, neglect and that kind of stuff. That's a whole other thing. Let the law handle that. Right. But don't stifle commerce just because. You know, and I, I, personally think live selling, you know, hogs in traps, you know, that are trapped and that kind of stuff. As long as they're going to other places, right? You know, that are they're going to slaughter and that kind of stuff, you should be able to live sell those too. And that's not done mm-hmm. on Facebook very much, but uh, or other Instagram or or, uh, or uh, Twitter or other places like that. But it's it's one of those things that I I think you know is let the law handle. things the way the law is designed to handle it don't stifle somebody because they're so anyway there's my soapbox yeah Yeah. (laughs) sorry Mike I didn't mean to talk your ear
1: off (laughs) that's okay I I'm just I'm just passionate about that that's all yeah that's something new I learned today so yeah always something new something new to learn about with um with uh, nature and hogs in particular yeah well, you've taught yeah.
0: me a lot. I mean, I've listened to your show; has taught me a lot about what's going on in the world of hogs. It's yeah. not just about what's going on in Texas; it's with the rest of the world. The, right. the African swine flu—I didn't know anything about that before. I've heard about it from your show, but anyway, yeah, but that's good stuff. And I just—I think overall, the more that we advocate for the. Eradication, but also the management is where I'm after on this. Yes. The conservation of other species because of the the uh, eradication of hogs. Right. That's that's important, and that that, that means something. So
1: yeah, we have to be um, vigilant in uh role as hunters. And yes. how we actually are a part of uh, of nature. Yes. And why that, it's
0: uh, exactly that's where I'm going. Go ahead. I keep, keep talking. And why
1: we have to back up the facts that was done by research, um, like from these books that i told you about and we have to really show people about the benefits of hunting and i understand some people are sensitive to deer being killed they don't want to see animals die but it's all a part of life and it's been it's been supported by by nature by research Uh, but it clearly shows that hunting is a beneficial activity just like with these state parks every almost every year they do their research on deer populations right. and they have to cull the deer in order to reduce them from eating too much uh per- plants out there yeah. and decimating yeah. the environment right so it's a, hunting is a necessary tool uh to help control nature in particular yeah. and it shows by the research for, sure. for so many years so don't ever be ashamed to be to, to tell anybody that you're a hunter, and yeah. if people think that you are cruel or something like that you can You can always tell them that the re, there's research out there that backs up the benefits of hunting and why it actually benefits nature rather than doing nothing at all right and
0: and if you yeah. have haw- you, know, you have exotic meat if you have deer whitetail deer meat or anything like that, your food bank typically will gladly accept that. And when you make the point that it's not necessarily a hog that you can give to the food bank because you can't, but uh, feral hog, but I mean, you can you can give away other meat. that You're helping the greater good. I think that that's hard to argue with. Yeah, if
1: you're feeding families, feeding families who families, need yeah. who need protein, right? So what greater good can you do that than helping feed other people?
0: Not just that, but like Hunters for the Hungry, they, they work, and I work with DB Wall Game Processing and Taxidermy and Rust Game Place and other places that do, um, that do uh, processing and that, that are part of Hunters for the Hungry, and they feed nursing homes.
1: Oh, wow. You know, know
0: stuff like that, that that rely on food banks to bring them mm. in, you know, stuff, and rely on that for protein. Right, and that being lean protein on top of that. So anyway, just to get off on another dance, I kind of
1: see uh, meat prices might be going up uh, because of the flooding in the Midwest. Yeah. It's it's killed off a million calves in Nebraska. From what I've heard, the beef prices might be going up and pork prices. So I it might be cheaper it, to hunt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why I believe you know people might change their mind over time if and if they got to get a protein source, they'll have to turn to hunting. So. Yeah. there you have it that might be yeah that might be the,
0: the solution there so i mean there's no and i mean at the same time whitetail deer that kind of stuff we have texas parks and wildlife to do the biology to see you know if we in our county here in texas in my my county williamson county we can harvest five deer you know on mm-hmm. our side of williamson county where i'm at in burnett county where i hunt um uh, you know two bucks three does but hogs i mean stack them up like cordwood like my yep. father-in-law says yep I love that meat source. I mean, just, you, you got processors that'll take hogs. There's some hogs that don't take, some hogs, some processors that don't take hogs in the, uh, in the, in the, during deer season. But I, I think they all should. Mm-hmm because we need to have a place to go with this stuff. And if yeah. you've got people that are paying money to get their stuff processed with you, why not take the hogs too? Yeah, And yep. and there's one processor that I do websites that I work for that does not take hogs during deer season. And I just I don't understand. They don't want to mess with, with you know dealing with two different species, but I'm just like, man, come on.
1: I think in Missouri, the, in the conservation areas, you cannot shoot hogs during deer season. And some people are oh, fighting against that because it gives hogs a chance to... Reproduce yeah. in those areas.
0: Yeah, all they do is prolificate more right. hogs. I mean, they make more little bitty pigs. It's
1: going to spread around.
0: Bacon seeds, baby. <laughs> you yeah. Know yeah. What I mean? So, I mean, I, I just, I've wanted to have a show like this for a while, dude. And I'm just so glad you visited Texas and came down here to see me. And um, this has just been a lot of fun. You've really en- enlightened me about a lot of stuff and what's going on in the world of hogs and feral hogs and that kind of stuff. And I sure appreciate you coming yeah. in.
1: Yeah. You know, I, i seriously really want to move down here to texas i feel it in my heart i i love indiana but there's not enough hunting up there right to feel my passion for hunting and that's I, all we do here i miss when i was in when i was stationed at fort hood i um i somehow got a passion for hunting and in, uh, in texas so it could be the right time for me to move back down here to texas and get my um, passion wow. growing
0: yes I, so, think, I think you've got a calling to come down here, Mike. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I think the universe is calling you to yeah, make a move. Yeah. So that's what I think. Right, yeah. No, this has been great. Anything else to add before we close out?
1: Well, there's a plethora of books, um, uh, I, I believe, on YouTube. Uh, but don't ever be ashamed to call yourself a hunter. That's good. Um, always connect with people who are uh, into hunting as best as you can. And so we can form that network and we, we should have a strong bond together and and basically educate people gently on how hunting actually really be- benefits the environment. Because yep. I believe education alone will probably be our only solution to keeping uh, the, the spirit of hunting alive and going. Because from what I've heard, there have been some areas where hunting has been on the decline. And it's probably because of generations of people... Yeah. Who have uh, given up on hunting or some, or somehow had some, something, somebody told them about why hunting is wrong. Right. But we got to, um, we really got to be gentle about, or be gentle with people and let them know about the facts and why hunting is really beneficial. Yep. So but we got to really, especially getting young people and women involved. I think women are probably going to be getting more involved with hunting. Yeah, that's
0: the future, too. I mean, if you get them involved, you got the whole family in a lot of cases. You got the kids and everything else if you get the wives involved, you know, or just young women that don't have a family yet. Uh, and there's a bunch of them, you know, Selmark's got a gal that works with them. I forget her name right off the top of my head, but, um, and Pulsar, and they've got gals that do uh, that do stuff with them. And, I mean, just getting women in the outdoors is great. It's something I'm passionate about. And then, uh, you know, getting our kids in the outdoors. And, and you know, it's a whole debate on uh, Texas Gunner Association Facebook page, about or Facebook group, about, you know, ah, uh, you know, why do I have to pay to hunt hogs? And the thing is, you've got landowners that feed, they've got insurance, they've got other things like that. Mm. And, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to justify why they need to, to charge something for it. But I'm going to say this again because it's a hog hunting podcast. There's a ranch out there that you can Google real easily just by typing in Texas wild hog hunting, mm. all right, that will charge you by the pound to process mm. the hog, to skin and quarter the hog after you kill it and you think you're getting a good deal and you're really getting screwed and Mm -hmm. they deal with a lot of people that are out of state so whoever's listening to this don't go don't listen to me you can contact me directly at dustin's projects or uh dustin's or at dustin's projects or find me at fishgame.com you can ask me who this ranch is i'm not going to say it on the air but uh they're ranches like this that are out there to take your money and that you kill giant hogs but you pay through the nose for them and so beware of that kind of stuff but i mean whenever you're looking to to do a a day hunt for a hog like you've done before mike and like i've done uh when you're looking to do eradication you know where where a farmer asks you to come and and shoot as many hogs as you can shoot you know i mean just be respectful be be kind you know uh make good shots you know all that other stuff but don't you know don't get screwed either in the process so that's my other thing is don't you know don't buyer beware with some of this stuff because not everybody out there has as good of heart as you and i do yeah so absolutely that's my (laughs) there's me on my soapbox again (laughs) (laughs) so anything else to add mike we good
1: uh no keep on hog hunting and um (laughs) yeah just keep on keep on like learning about how hogs are impacting the u.s in particular um around the world but um but yeah, my um, I have a Facebook page, uh, Wild Hog Podcast. That um, I put articles paste, I paste copy and paste articles on that I, that I get alerts on. Sure, if you want, if you really want to know more about yeah how they work, and um, I'm going to give my podcast up again. I had to take a little break from it. Sure,
0: you're you're going right yeah. now. It's up right now as far as yeah. the the past episodes and stuff are yeah. still up, right? Yeah, all right, it's cool.
1: all up. I've had probably over a hundred episodes on there. And I'm looking to put some more content on it. Fellow podcaster. Yeah. I haven't had too
0: many fellow podcasters on this show, so this is good. Yep.
1: <laughs> but no, good show.
0: And I, I just, I really enjoy listening to your show because it's taught me so much about the aura, the whole, the whole mindset, the whole, everything about how a hog thinks, what the biology is, how they reproduce, how they, you know, just everything about, I've wanted to know about a hog I learned from your show, yep. uh, about how they affect other people in the world. And that kind of thing and so I think that's all beneficial.
1: Yeah. So. That's it's probably the most controversial animal in the good point right now, in the century. And <laughs> it's only gonna grow bigger. So it's gonna be interesting if it's gonna yeah, if these animals can are even gonna be controlled. Yeah. Or if they're really gonna spread like crazy and then we're gonna who knows what will happen so right
0: right so i mean just being an advocate for the control and just the natural control as far as using hunting means yep, hunting and trapping, and, trapping. Means and stuff like that exactly so you and i are in agreement with that so thanks so much for joining us mike i appreciate you thanks for having me and there he goes ladies and gentlemen mr mike Winzel. check out the wild hog podcast actually just as soon as I uh, was hitting the record on this. He had just released a couple of episodes on his show. Uh, I kind of encouraged him to get it started back up. His last shows were airing back in September, and he uh, kind of shut it down for a little while. And I encouraged him to get it started, and he did. He got started again for, um, and he's really seriously moving, thinking about moving down to Texas. So uh, good, uh, Iraqi war veteran, um, He's just a really great guy all the way around. So check out his podcast, the Wild Hog Podcast. Um, and, and just, you know, advocate for this stuff, man, go out and hunt you some, go out and trap you some, go out and find you some hunting land, uh, some, some farmland, some, some areas that need to have these things absolutely, um, you know, annihilated and get you some wild pork in your freezer. A lot of good opportunities to do that, whether you pay somebody or somebody pays you, uh, however that works out. And most of the time that you end up paying, you know, to hunt hunt wild hogs is that being kind of a, a, uh, A microcosm of this whole thing but i mean it it's really there's landowners that have insurance costs there's all kinds of other factors that go into why we don't let you just wild go hog wild and kill all the hogs you want to on people's land because there's insurance there's a wide variety of different reasons why people it's a whole debate on that on the texas wild hog hunters association um but um you know it's just it's an interesting discussion to have how to solve this problem? How other countries are solving this problem? The issues that they're having with the Asiatic or the Asian uh, swine flu, or, or uh, uh, yeah, swine flu, and, and you know the 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 implications with that, and what would happen if that got into America? And what would happen to the, our commercial pork populations? And that kind of stuff. So definitely some good things, and I just hope that you took away from this podcast today that there's a lot of different viewpoints on this i'm not trying to tell you one way is right or the other is right uh, or your way is wrong or whatever the case may be i'm just trying to spur an intelligent conversation about an issue here that faces that we all face as outdoors people because what feral hogs are going to continue to prolificate they're going to continue to breed and the question remains, what do you do about it? And, um, you know, like I said, I think we can barbecue our way out of part of the situation. I think in some ways it may be too late, like Mike Wenzel said, you know, as far as things that we can do. Uh, under their natural methods of hunting and trapping and shooting and, and eating and, and all that other stuff. But there's a lot of great organizations, like I talked about in the, the interview, that, um, you know, Hogs for a Cause. Go check them out. Uh, Google Hogs for a Cause. Um, website and uh, they've got a really really good way that they do it they were just on the Mike Huckabee show I believe um, a couple of weeks ago and um, Dave Hain is one of the main founders of that organization has uh, a really great message of hope and inspiration. And if I think about it again, I'm going to go ahead and have him on the podcast one time soon too. Cause I've done a story in the magazine on them, um, before, uh, industry insider report. Um, and really, uh, just, just some great, great opportunities to, 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 serve, um, you know, people that are, uh, in need of some hope, you know, um, and, and to, to turn nature's problem into a tasty morsel of food to give somebody hope and inspiration and um you know uh something that 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 they can eat you know something that they can take forth and uh and, and enjoy and use as nourishment and protein and also get the gospel message in return uh, which is one of the main aims for hogs for a cause and organizations that, that exist like this just really inspire me that there is hope there is love. There is a lot of um, you know really great opportunities, and, and the parent ministry to Crosswater Outfitters and Hogs for a Cause is uh, our Hogs for a Cause is um, uh, Hope for the Hungry, and they basically work worldwide with uh, children from Haiti, families uh, from overseas, families from uh, you know just all over the place, and have an umbrella of different organizations that basically go out and serve the world um in a lot of different ways a lot of different meaningful ways so there's just so much so much there so i'm gonna put hogs um uh website in the show notes put a couple of the other things that mike and i talked about in the show notes as well and just want to thank you guys so much again for checking out our stuff and if you've not done so already please subscribe to the show it is free it does not cost you a thing you get a new show every two weeks and i try to alternate hunting and fishing and outdoor stuff um with uh with with whatever show that i do so i try to alternate hunting and fishing each show uh, or hunting and bow fishing whatever the case may be um uh, also check out our newsletters fishgame.com we have the tuesday Tactical and practical, we have the Wednesday, Wildlife Wednesday. We have the Thursday, Texas State of the Outdoor Nation. And those are all free to you. It's like getting a mini magazine with a couple of stories to a few stories, depending on what day you read those. Um, And then Thursday is kind of the summary of all the different stories that we cover. And I write some of those. Actually, some of those are coming out. I've got a hog hunting uh, ammunition article that's coming out in a coming newsletter, so be on the lookout for that fishgame.com. Check it out the blog, or you can check out the newsletter that will lead you to the blog. Uh, you can see that I've got one called Loaded for Boar, packing for Pork Chops. Um, so I've got that one coming out, and then I've got another um, uh, article on a, a tripod that I've been using. I've got some other articles on some online stuff I've been buying from Amazon for the outdoors that I've been using, flashlights and cameras. and all kinds of different stuff that I use in the outdoors that I've used to, to help me do what I do better. And I think that will help you do what you do better as well. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Uh, again, tell a friend about the show. Uh, leave us a five-star rating. However, you found us on iTunes or well, where else? I mean, iTunes is kind of like the kingpin of, uh, of podcasting. So, uh, please leave us a five-star rating on that. It just helps people find us better. It just helps spread the net message out there. And please tell a friend and, uh, subscribe and all that other fun stuff. And we thank you so much for doing that. So I appreciate you guys all, more than you know, I just really am grateful for every single one of you that listen to this show, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. It has been a work of blood, sweat, and tears the last four years to grow this show, grow this audience, and ha- just to see where it has come from, where it is going. I- I'm just so just um, overwhelmed and blessed. You know, I have such a heart for thankfulness and gratitude for each and every one of you guys. Um, and this is just a great outlet for me to, to kind of get my creative juices flowing. And I don't think I'm ever going to run out of stuff to say. I always thought when I started this podcast, what if I already covered everything? And I'm like, there's never going to cover everything. You're never going to cover everything because there's so much to talk about in hunting and fishing and saltwater and freshwater and hogs and deer. And I mean, all that stuff encompasses the outdoor lifestyle. And I'm going to keep on doing this podcast as long as I can keep on doing this podcast. So if you guys are going to keep on listening, I'm going to keep on podcasting. thank you guys so much for watching reading and listening have an awesome day in the outdoors we'll see you next time